to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, I'm your host Saif and our guest traveler today is Vibha Ravi from the blog PixelVoyages.com. Vibha is a Mumbai-based independent writer who's also had previous stints with Thomas Cook India and as a journalist with the news agency AFX Asia and the newspaper Business Standard. Without much ado, let's get started with today's episode and find out where Vibhav is taking us to. Hi Vibhav, welcome to the Musafir Stories. Thank you, Seth and Feza. So, a big hello to also those listening to this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and it's a real pleasure to have you, Vibhav. Vibhav, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little about yourself and also, when did you start traveling? Sure. So, my name is Vibha Ravi and uh, uh, I write for a living. So, apart from writing for my blog, I also take up content assignments. Um, I have been a journalist and a travel professional. So, that has kind of prepared me for my current avatar, so to speak. I was born in Chennai and I've so far lived in five cities. Wow. I've uh, yeah, as for this love for travel, I would say that I've definitely inherited uh, from my mother's side of the family. Uh-huh. In fact, I keep telling my mom, you know, that she has wheels on her feet because she just can't stay at one place for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and genetics aside, you know, I think my fascination for travel began with train journeys because every vacation, my parents, my son, and I used to travel between my grandparents' house in Chennai and my hometown, which was Kanpur. Okay. So, yeah, those journeys, you know, they were kind of have lingered in my memory ever since. So I still remember, you know, the Tamil Nadu Express chugging up a mountain, uh, completely random kids, you know, waving at us. And, you know, the, <laughs> and we were waving back excitedly in the same manner. Uh, and the pitch black tunnels, you know, that were like so mysterious and scary at the same time. So I guess children enjoy things uh, more because their senses are just so alive. You know, everything seems interesting. Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah, from the calls of the vendors, like you know, in, in the north, you have chaya chaya, <laughs> and, <laughs> and in the south, kapi kapi. So it's all it's such an interesting blend of you know sights and sounds and everything that comes together in a train. Oh, I so. absolutely love the way you're explaining it. Actually, means <laughs> I've gone back years back and I'm sitting in a train and I can imagine all that. Thank you for refreshing our memories. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to our topic of discussion today, what we do usually with the Musafir stories is each week when we have a guest traveler on the show, we request them to take take us and our listeners to an Indian destination and share the complete experience of trip they had to that destination right from say how they got there to what they did what they ate uh, the culture there the kind of people they met everything uh, literally from a to z about that place so having that in mind where are you taking our listeners today sure so uh, join me both of you Seth uh-huh. and Feza <laughs> and also the listeners on a journey to Shekhawati uh-huh. now Shekhawati is in Rajasthan and uh, you might or might not have been to the other well-known places in Rajasthan like Jaipur and Jodhpur. But if you want to get a feel of the real rustic India mm-hmm. and also, uh, you know, to get in the in touch with the quirky side of things, 
because uh, Shekhawati is a place that is very different from the rest of what I have seen in Rajasthan so far. Hmm. So the reason why Shekhawati is unique is that it has painted havelis. Hmm. Now um, there are places like Bikaner which also have some bits of painted havelis as also Jaipur but Shekhawati region is one like it's like a huge canvas of you know everywhere you look around you uh, except for the new uh, buildings of course the older ones you'll see them painted and it's so vibrant and so different from what you know we've seen used to flats in mumbai and flats in delhi and bangalore that you know you have a monotone you have the same kind of glass and fiber and silk kind of buildings to sure. see those uh, you know painted havelis that are each one is different and each one is not only uh, constructed differently it's also painted differently so that was uh, you know uh, kind of uh, the attraction that you know the kind of pull that uh, led us to shekhawati so and also i think these have been painted i mean close to 100 years back that's right, right. so uh, yeah they look beautiful yeah so so someone who's wondering what these are i uh before obviously we'll get into the details uh, during the course of the podcast but please do go and check out vibha's blog as well uh, it's pixelvoyages.com um which has some beautiful pictures of these havelis that um, colorful yeah. yeah very colorful and as uh, vibha mentioned it's completely different from the jaipur or udaipur type of rajasthan that one would have seen and which is more mainstream and uh, more commercialized i would think right these are not as popularly seen in uh, say the rajasthan tourism ads or the pictures that are seen online that's right that's right so uh, basically if you search for havelis also if you do a search for havelis maybe one or two of shekhawati havelis will come up but mostly what you see is those in jaisalmer so you know uh, what i wanted to also point out here was when we were there we found that there were a lot of foreign tourists Hmm. So I found that you know uh, many times we ourselves as fail to appreciate uh, the beauty and the heritage that we have maybe because you know it is uh, yeah see one thing about shekhawati is that it's uh, though it's a little uh, it's pretty close actually to jaipur mm-hmm. but once you do have to take a vehicle and move around the places so because it's not very well connected by train and other public transport mm-hmm. so maybe that is one of the factors that you know it's not very popular among the indian crowd but uh, i would say that definitely one should uh, visit these places if you're fond of history if you're fond of uh, architecture if you're fond of even paintings uh, for that matter sure and and uh, webup uh, just quickly give us a background into these havelis uh, i mean uh, these are uh, something very different from the usual forts and everything that one would see in um, Jaipur or Udaipur, the huge forts that these maharajas and uh, rajputs basically had, right? So how how are these havelis different to those? And uh, uh, what an attraction the paintings, the murals that one sees. Please speak a little bit about that as well. Sure. Okay. So uh, these havelis are different because uh, the ones, the palaces and uh, castles and forts that you see in, uh-huh. uh, were mainly constructed by the kings, by the maharajas, okay. right? Uh, by the maharaja of Jaipur, Udaipur, etc. But Shekhawati as a region, the most of the havelis belong to the traders, mm. the trading community. and they were called marwaris most of us would know the, the trading community from rajasthan as marwaris because they were hailed from the region called marwar 
the current havelis they uh, belong to business families who since have uh, moved to places like calcutta mumbai chennai and there's a long history to it actually uh, initially they were based in jaipur but as the taxes began increasing they felt a little oppressed they asked for a redu- reduction tax that didn't happen mm-hmm. so they said okay we will move our business elsewhere because you are not cooperating with us mm-hmm. so they moved to these uh, other towns of junjunu seeker churu and uh, this is you know uh, these merchants or these uh, traders used to trade in cotton mm-hmm. opium spices and uh because you know india was known for all these different things i'm talking about they soon became very wealthy and influential mm-hmm. so and they didn't want to kind of uh uh build havelis or rather build palaces that would be uh, kind of competing with the kings so they built these different kind of opulent painted havelis which reflected this stature because if you go and see you know they are they are like double havelis which are huge like they build these havelis as a means of expressing or showing their wealth to the rest of the people and also they used to have business meetings there so to kind of leave a good impression on the people they were welcoming to their homes so they built in a rather opulent manner and they were painted in such a manner to also tell the uh, to also convey to the people around them you know like see uh, the traders had been everywhere they in bombay they came to chennai etc as i was saying but the common people do there don't know what's going on in these cities right yeah. and they have seen uh, the latest scientific in fact inventions you know for that matter uh, aeroplanes or or mm-hmm. which the janta at the time hadn't you know seen right. or even imagined yeah. so when they went back so it's actually quite interesting because if you see there'll be you know traditional motifs like there'll be a ganesha with uh, uh, goddesses on either side or there'll be a krishna dancing and right next to it you'll find there'll be a, a british soldier standing there mm-hmm. uh, in, in his gear holding a rifle and all that and right next to that you'll find an aeroplane suddenly out of nowhere fly sky and you know so, <laughs> so this juxtaposition is very interesting because it it kind of uh, Uh, what i felt was that it kind of reflects the changes that actually india went through It's beginning with the time that the rajasthani rulers ruled those places to then the britishers who moved in then uh, as they moved out the kind of changes that india was going through at that time you know some sort of scientific inventions and progress and the kind of change in culture from people wearing sarees and stuff to you know seeing the britishers wearing dresses and which exposed them to a different completely different kind of set of cultural nuances that we had not been exposed to yet so it it's a very interesting um, it's like a kaleidoscope i would say Absolutely. you keep turning uh, keep turning and you s- see the various changing that uh, changes that were happening in india at that time awesome so thank you for that uh, nice little background and context for all our listeners So now that we have a um, good background about this getting on with the journey uh, what time of the year did you travel there Vibha and is that a good time to go there I uh, actually went in uh, November okay. and uh, so how it happened was that you know for uh, for a few years now my husband daughter and I we visit a new place every Diwali vacation so because that's one of the <laughs> longish holidays that she gets so and and Diwali generally falls in October November yeah. and 
that's winter in most of india mm-hmm. so it also happens to be an ideal time to for domestic tourists actually to visit rajasthan because december and january are when the for, foreign tourists start coming and hotel rates like go up like crazy yeah. so we made a 10 day itinerary round shekhawati okay. and uh, the best time if you ask me is from november to february mm-hmm. because that's the time when the climate is the best so otherwise rajasthan gets very hot yeah. you know april may or and july june to us the rains so that's the best time to visit i have one question sure. so how did you guys travel did you all i mean and where did you guys travel okay so we traveled from bombay okay and uh, the nearest airport for shekhawati is at jaipur okay so okay. once you reach jaipur you need to hire a vehicle and drive down uh shekhawati now since it's as i said shekhawati is a region right. so it has different uh cities and different towns uh-huh. with very interesting names you know like churu and fatehpur and ramgarh and navalgarh okay. so <laughs> so what we did was now uh, we decided to uh, stay in mandava because uh-huh. mandava has the most uh, hotel options all right uh, you know you have and a variety how of, far is it from jaipur it takes around it's around 3 and 1/2 uh, hours 3 to 3 and 1/2 hours okay uh devise if you look at it the as i said we had a 10 day itinerary mm-hmm. and uh, but we did shekhawati for four days okay okay and uh, then from shekhawati because you basically you have to come back to jaipur to fly out from uh, shekhawati we also went to alwar and bharatpur okay. then we came back to jaipur for the return flight so um, in shekhawati uh, we first landed in jaipur on to mandava mm-hmm. and then stayed in a place called radhika haveli okay so as i said since we traveled during diwali the day we uh, reached mandava it was diwali oh mandava yes. okay. <laughs> so you got to spend diwali there absolutely right. so you know, uh, how in bombay and uh, many other places actually you don't get to see the sky at all uh-huh. so it was like you know diwali in the sky with the stars and the gali <laughs> also on the streets because uh, they still use those diyas you know those uh, uh, of course there are those wax candles and all uh-huh. but uh, in bombay many i don't know if you know of those clay diyas that we right, uh, right, yeah yeah nowadays you see a lot of electric lighting and yeah. all the kind yeah and those candles. small tiny led diyas have come out i see a lot of people using them as well yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this place we saw a lot of those old diyas so it was like you know uh, kind of being in in a an movie or something you yeah, know because everything exactly. around is so fascinating amazing yeah it just takes you back years or rather it feels like you are in a movie set all together absolutely absolutely the dramatic of sanjay leela bansali yeah i was thinking <laughs> 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 yeah it did because uh-huh. it, as i said it had that old feel to it except that of course we were not dressed in those gorgeous heavy sarees and stuff <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah and we had some uh, they had quite a few friends also who joined in and who who seeing this for the first time so you know you, you then see how unique uh, india is you know for the many festivals that we have and the way we celebrate them so you know yeah. traveling also opens up your mind to how others perceive india and how fascinating they find it yeah, absolutely that's awesome yeah. so uh, i guess it's enough for you guys to settle into uh, mandava and the shekhawati region as well right by celebrating diwali and uh, settling down into your whole um, vacation 
Absolutely. So that was a fantastic cracker of a start. Yeah. <laughs> <to see. laughs> so then the next day we went to Junjunu and Navalgarh. Okay. Uh, we did the Sati Temple, which uh, in Junjunu, which is quite an interesting, uh, has an interesting uh, structure. If you look from outside, it's kind of uh, built like one of those cakes. You know, if you've ever seen one of those tiered cakes with pillars and that kind of stuff, like the wedding so, kind. Yeah, uh-huh, that's right. Uh-huh. So it looked a bit like that from the outside, and inside, uh, it's about a lady who gave up her life, and you know, sati. So I mean, that itself is a clue. Mm-hmm. But inside, there are quite a few smaller shrines okay. dedicated to all things, all the sun signs, or like you have Rahu Ketu in our horoscopes, sure. right? Uh-huh. So each one had a small. shrine or a small temple dedicated like from surya to uh, rahu ketu mangal so we found that very interesting because you know in never in my life have i seen a temple dedicated to all these right, right. Uh, you know you would normally see ram and sita and whatever you know krishna and stuff like that so that i found very interesting but it might not bitune is a little far off it might not be everybody's cup of tea uh-huh. so So we did that, and then, as I said, because we were short in time and we wanted to cover more things, mm-hmm. so we did that in Junjunu. From Junjunu, then we went to uh, Navalgarh, and uh, there's this uh, really tiny little place called DS Bungalow in Navalgarh. Okay. So since you know it was quite, uh, we were at the temple for quite some time, and by the time we reached, uh, now it's time for lunch. So we went to this place called DS Bungalow for lunch. and uh, why i'm talking about ds banglo is this mm-hmm. it is a small little place but the food was amazing you know and 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 very economical because we also ate at castle mandaba that kind of i won't say blue hole in our pockets but it was uh, the food was at ds banglo was like one of the best i've had in rajasthan oh my god okay um, uh, so you enter and there's a gate over there and you cross over and there are fields and in completely open area of space of uh, like kind of a forest and a field mixed between a forest and a field mm. and there's so many birds from uh, like peacocks to parrots to uh, manas to cuckoos and all kinds of birds you know so i actually <laughs> i dished my friends and i went and sat there <laughs> <laughs> you made new friends yeah yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I went and sat there with my camera for quite a long, lots of pictures of the birds. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, one of the most interesting uh, things for me that day. And yeah, so after that, then we moved on to Navalgarh Ramnath Podar Haveli Museum. Okay. Yeah, this uh, museum is actually very interesting because it has quite a few of the Rajasthan. It, it explains quite a few of the intricacies of Rajasthani culture. One wouldn't imagine that, you know. For us, a pagadi is a pagadi, right? Sure. It's just a headgear. Uh-huh. But if you go there, there's an entire display of several pagadis and how they have been tied, which denotes not just you know it, it can be used to denote the caste of a person, oh. the social hierarchy, and his profession. Oh my god! So okay, that's yeah, interesting. That's, interesting. that's a new yeah. insight. <laughs> I did not know that uh, there's so many uh, yeah. Yeah, angles to a pagadi. <laughs> Exactly. So those kind of things, you know, that that we saw on this trip, that made this trip completely like very different from what we had seen so far. Then there also, you know, there there's a display of the wedding gear of each caste. You know, the boy will be wearing a certain dress, 
girl will be wearing a certain dress and if you fond of dolls you'll see a lot of these uh, dresses on dolls so they've taken a lot of effort to kind of display the their culture and the history and where they came from so which was very interesting awesome and then uh, tell us a little bit more about the ramnath potter haveli that you said uh, you saw in navalgarh beba um you did mention the about different kind of dresses and uh, pagris and everything but apart from that was this also strikingly uh, beautiful in terms of the murals and the paintings as well yeah that's right so most dekavati havelis you see uh, are generally of two levels okay. which means you have a ground level and mm-hmm. you have the first level at least and there might also be a level above that which in this case was ramnath podar haveli has three levels from the outside yeah it's painted like most of the havelis in uh, shekhavati so you have those soldiers uh, in uh, uh, rajasthani attire guarding the entrance mm-hmm. then on the top uh, all the doors the entrances are very strikingly built mm-hmm. of uh, shekhavati havelis because you know they were the first thing you saw and the first impression that a visitor had of uh you know the wealth or rather the status of the person who living inside they have a ganpati or a ganesh ji ki murti you know on top uh-huh. uh, just above the door and then there are uh, goddesses on either side and then uh, the after the traditional motifs are where you know those uh, quirky elements as i was talking about then they come in so you would uh, also, yeah so you have a lot of scenes from uh, our epics from the ramayana or from the mahabharata and right. we did hire, hire a guide in uh, uh, the podar haveli because he's the one who told us about all these uh, you know nuances of the pagdis and all those written there uh, there is a description there but it's much more interesting if someone tells you about it That's so awesome so um cool. so so let's get on with day 3 then on day 3 we visited fatehpur and uh, here we saw quite a few havelis actually um nadin and saraf haveli are next to each other okay then we went to nevatia haveli mm-hmm. and singhania haveli okay nadin haveli is actually owned by a french lady oh okay wow yeah so she bought the haveli she saw the you know the state that haveli was in and she's restored the haveli quite beautifully mm-hmm. uh, she's an artist herself mm-hmm. and she has uh, her paintings on display and she you uh, they are resident artists who come from abroad stay with her train and then go back oh, wow. so, yeah so uh, some of them are also double up as guides you know so when visitors come like we went mm-hmm. so uh, one of our students who was uh, explained to us how you know the architecture or the layout of those laid out of those havelis mm-hmm. uh once you enter as i told you the entrance is very grand right mm-hmm. and you go in and it's like a passage and on either side there's a raised platform so when we would come there would be drummers seated on on these platforms oh my and God. <laughs> yeah so they would play those drums like nagadas to announce a visitor's arrival wow uh, <laughs> that's fancy <laughs> yeah absolutely so as i told you, you know it was uh, it, it reminded absolutely your living history you know you you can imagine if you have a good imagination you can think of all that happening in the past and how you know different uh, different way of life it used to be so yeah. right so once you get in then you have to wait okay because uh, th- there are sections in the haveli mardana is the uh, mardana part is for the males uh-huh. and then there's a janana so which means janana is for females sure. so and since you know um, in india at that time and in rajasthan actually till you have a lot of parda 
right so uh, the women are not exposed to outsiders at all so you're not supposed to look at them any outsider who came in did not have a direct view even after entering the first uh, room okay. they would not have a direct view of the inside right. there was kind of a jali you know a wall with a jali a lattice window in between so the person would come there and announce who he or she was and then the uh, host of the house or the uh, man of the house would come out and then they would decide you know where they were supposed to be let in so if it was a guest uh, say a business visitor uh-huh. then there was a separate room for them they would be taken to that room and this would be conducted there whatever talks they had needed to have if if it was somebody they knew then they would allow him into the other part and if it was somebody they were really comfortable with then only would he or she be allowed into the janana part then there uh, as i told you there different levels to the haveli mm-hmm. so uh, i was told that you know the men and the women used to live apart like i said there were these sections right yeah. and for the women so they would live apart but what struck me was you know the older generation would live down on the ground floor level mm-hmm. and the younger generation would live on top you know because okay. if you look at the stairs uh steps are very steep mm-hmm. so the younger generation used to stay up and the older generation used to stay down so it wasn't just gender also age segregation for whatever convenience purposes nice mm-hmm. so uh, which were the valleys that you had a chance to visit in fatehpur um baba yeah so the other ones i saw was nevatia haveli oh, cool. and uh, singhania haveli mm-hmm. now singhania haveli uh, was pretty much locked so we just saw part of it uh yeah devati haveli actually we had a good experience because there is uh, we met this gentleman who told us that you know the haveli is going to be up for sale soon come remember correctly yeah somebody from delhi has bought that haveli yeah but the sad part is that many havelis including this one would be brought down i mean it would be demolished oh, and man. yeah and a new hotel would be created in its place oh that's sad that's sad it's pretty sad yeah, yeah. day 3 this is right Yeah that's right after seeing all these havelis we were dead tired <laughs> but we still came back to we had to come back yeah obviously but we came back and we had lunch at castle mandava uh-huh. uh, again you know that that was also quite uh, it's a huge as i said it's a fort and a castle so we went around looked at the place had lunch and uh, then we went for a visit to raghunath temple which is in mandava uh, in the evening so it was i guess the most busy day we had you know in that entire itinerary of 10 days so man that day 4 was um again a lot of moving or was it uh, around mandava itself yeah so day 4 we were dead tired as i said uh-huh. so we all woke up very late and uh, but since we had not seen mandava you know because we were doing this back and forth so we right. had what a chance to see much of mandava so we went uh, around mandava that day again we took uh, see we didn't take an official guide but there was a uh, fellow just right opposite our hotel who was running a shop mm-hmm. so we asked him and he said we we'll, okay thank you so he did take us around <laughs> that's nice of him yeah so we went and saw uh, a chokhani double haveli so as i said you know double haveli means it's like really huge no. so there were two parts of it two brothers living in the haveli and each built in a different uh rather painted in a different manner it's uh, again painted in all kinds of uh, you know battle scenes and uh you have kings and princes painted over there then you have a goddess 
<laughs> right next to it and you know then there's someone having a wine there's like a european having wine uh, a lady with an umbrella and uh, as i said in the train trains are quite a common feature because it was so novel or whatever so <laughs> you know a train with a uh, the guard at the uh, last bogey waving a flag oh, and stuff wow. like that <laughs> so yeah you have to uh, yeah you so which is why it makes it so interesting but it's also important to spend quite a bit of time there because otherwise you miss out these uh, small little things that make it you know that much more unique uh, yeah i agree also remember i just like to ask was there like an entry fee for most of these havelis or how was that okay so there was a uh, an entry fee at nadin haveli because uh, it's a private haveli and uh, there is an entrance charge also because they guide you and tell you about the place uh-huh. singhania haveli and uh, nevarte haveli there's no charge okay. then uh, ramnath pudar haveli museum because it is a museum the uh, proper you know a ticket that you get and you pay a certain official price for it uh, then all these ha- other havelis in mandava there was no uh, charge Okay. except for one haveli which is called the jhunjhunawala haveli mm-hmm. there's a charge because there's a supposedly gold leaf painted ceiling over there mm-hmm. so yeah so if you look at the ceiling there's a, a scene of you know um, krishna and uh, gopikas uh-huh. there's a that, that's a quite popular theme actually if you look at throughout uh, the shekhavati havelis uh-huh. which is these uh, you know jaise wo hota tha na krishna and uh, gopikas used to be dancing in a garba kind of a, you know something like that uh-huh. so yeah so that if you look up at the ceiling you can see certain parts uh, the paint has come off in some parts but some parts you can see that golden sheen over there so they said is you know gold uh, leaf uh-huh. yeah so in mandava we saw also a slain uh, ram ladia haveli which uh, yeah which was again uh, very different because it has lots of you know all these uh, rulers of rajasthan uh different clans their kings painted over there uh, but there we didn't find anybody to explain things to us so mm-hmm. we didn't where can you can see you know the this raja and that raja and this from this family of uh, family or dynasty but the paintings are interesting and they're in good condition yeah it, it, uh, but despite and in spite of the things that you might have missed out on due to time due to the constraints of time it does really sound like a really enriching and fulfilling trip you've had mm-hmm. uh, right covering all these havelis and uh, for me the thing that stands out most is that these are still pretty untouched by commercialization and uh, uh, the crowds that you find at most places and most monuments that are there in india it's a little special in that case um, that you're more close to it uh, it gives you that feeling that you could go there and enjoy that place and uh, not be bogged down by the crowds absolutely <laughs> in hindsight you said you might want to uh, have changed the itinerary a little bit uh, how and why is that viva Yeah so as i said because you know i found that we were a little short of time uh, in terms of seeing all that uh, shikhavati has to offer in fact uh, there's a place called dundlod which is on the way to navalgarh okay. so uh, yeah that also has a very interesting fort and uh, if you have time you could also go horse and see some horses so that would have been you know brought in a different element to a itinerary mm-hmm. then uh, also i would have uh, stayed in uh, a uh, navalgarh okay i would have preferred staying in navalgarh because it's closer to the other places and you know you would have more time to uh, 
uh, see places rather just uh, rather than going back and forth yeah so uh, my suggested itinerary i think i would uh, say you land in jaipur and go to uh, mandava first okay right have lunch at castle mandava because the lunch is also different plus you get to see the castle mm-hmm. and then you come back to uh, navalgarh okay so you stay in navalgarh then you visit fatehpur the second day mm-hmm. and uh, the third day you could uh, go around navalgarh itself as i said fourth day you could again uh if you want to see actually a mandava is worth seeing so i would say you should go to uh, mandava once again and then uh, you can leave for jaipur I mean, if if you want a four day itinerary but ideally i would say one should at least spend 6 to 8 days here in fact you know at ds bangalore person who owns this place ds bangalore mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. he told us that foreigners come and stay with him for like two months at a time mm-hmm. yeah so you know this concept of slow travel and kind of uh, immersive travel uh-huh. that's what they believe in right yeah, they have the funds of course so <laughs> <laughs> so you need to have the money i guess and the mindset to kind of be that interested in something to kind of explore it in every little detail as much as possible so uh, if you like to do that i would say you should spend more time and see places in more detail awesome Thank you so much for um, calling that out Vipal so that any uh, potential travelers or listeners seeking to go to that go to the Shekhavati region they can plan their itinerary accordingly. Right. So Vibham you've given us a beautiful insight into this pretty unexplored part of part and facet of Rajasthan I would say but if I had to call out one little moment from this trip if you just had to close your eyes and think about this trip what's that one moment that comes up? Mm, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Because there were too many. <laughs> uh, one is, of course, as I told you, that you know the birds at this place, DS Bungalow. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, second, I think uh, we went for dinner to uh, another hotel in Mandava. We had dinner on the terrace. It was like open to the sky, and there were little candles and lit over there on the table. and uh, the view it it gave you a view of the city you know like to, for quite a distance that was another you know moment when i was reminded because i as i said i come from kanpur and there you know sleeping on the terrace was one of the things that we used to do as children <laughs> so <laughs> it reminded me of that third yes you know meeting this person at nevatia haveli because uh, basically not just this person and also those moments where we met the caretakers you know because you see the kind of life they live it's kind of a life which is like you know very different from the way we live right mm-hmm. so it's completely devoid of any comfort and completely devoid of any kind of television or anything else for that matter it's so, quite heartbreaking i feel because when you look around the haveli is so beautiful and in there exactly. there's someone who's living there who's i mean whose life is so different very different exactly so it's kind of you know it kinds you kind of uh, makes you reflect and and what you know for all the that we have we are so fortunate to have in our lives you know that we don't even think about right so yeah. travel that way you know as we say really expands your horizons not just in terms of the experiences but also philosophically say that it makes you see much more than you would be comfortable with even seeing you know that you might not want to see certain things but you see them and you really are thankful that and uh, you feel blessed for that absolutely. matter absolutely absolutely yeah, very well said on that profound note vibha on behalf of the musafir stories 
like to thank you very very much for showing us the beautiful colors of Rajasthan and uh, being an excellent guide taking us all around the Shekhavati region showing us the colors and the murals and the paintings and giving us an insight into the history of the place thank you so much vibha and we look forward to hearing more such stories hearing and reading more such stories from you uh, but for the reference of our listeners uh, what's a good way to keep in touch with the, with your work yeah okay so i uh, my blog as you said is the url is http://pixelvoyages.com uh-huh. you can find most of my writing there i do write for uh, other portals as well i write for money control uh, and on occasion i write for lonely planet magazine um but for me you can also find me on twitter instagram and facebook under the handle pixel voyages and if you want to get in touch with me just drop a mail to vibharavi1 at gmail.com for the reference of our listeners we will have all these links in the show notes section of the podcast right thank you so much vibha very very informative and it just opened our minds and let it i mean it let us imagine so many things that you were describing thank you so much thanks sir and feza it was really a pleasure talking to both of you that was yet another great episode of the musafir stories if you guys like the show please subscribe to us on itunes audio boom stitcher pocket radio or any other podcasting app that's available on ios or android you can also follow us on facebook twitter and instagram we go by the handle the musafir stories or If it's okay, you could email us at themusafirstories@gmail.com and visit our website www.themusafirstories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of the podcast. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye. My name is Sharzad Kiade. I'm a Gemini pescatarian, a mom of two wild little boys. I'm Susan Yara. I'm a mom of two also. This morning, I went to the bathroom alone. I woke up at five, put my boob in her mouth, and then she took a dump because that's what she uses me for. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear a lot of our stories and experiences in our crazy journeys to motherhood. It's fam for all moms, not for all dads, not fathers and moms, for all moms. It's going to be a good old time. You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe.